All right, here we go. This is Movie House Sports Psychology, and I am Dr. Jason Von Steets. It feels good to be back. Uh, I've been very busy lately. I've been missing doing this podcast. I've been wanting to come back and do more episodes. Uh, unfortunately, I am not fully back into the swing of things. I'm, uh, I have a break from a lot of my busyness. My break probably isn't going to last very long. And then I'm going to have to get back at it with these different projects that I'm working on right now. But I, I'm looking forward, very much looking forward to being back doing consistent episodes. So today I'm bringing you something that I recorded with my friend, Dr. Ali Kusin Shapta, around Christmas week. I, I think we recorded this around Christmas week. We were both uh, still working and we had we had a little bit of time during lunch. And we recorded a very brief episode about House of the Dragon and brain development and impulsivity and things like that, and how it's demonstrated by the actions of, of some of these Targaryens that we have come to know and love or know and love to hate. So today it's going to be a very short but hopefully fun episode, and then uh, hopefully sometime soon I'll be able to come back and, and start doing more episodes again consistently. I have lots of fun guests lined up, lots of fun topics to talk about. I've had to put that on hold for the past couple months, but I am longing for the days when I was able to do this more consistently, and I really look forward to having these upcoming fun conversations about movies and TV shows through the lens of mental health and sports psychology. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this next episode. Welcome to Movie House Sports Psychology, the podcast where we look at your favorite movies and TV shows through the lens of mental health and sports psychology. I'm Dr. Jason Von Steets, a licensed psychologist specializing in clinical and sports psychology. If you're interested in how psychological principles apply to your favorite fictional characters, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. Okay. Uh, hello, everybody. And we're back for another episode of Movie House Sports Psychology. And today we're going to have a very special uh, brief moment with friend of the show, Dr. Alan. Oh, excuse me. I'll edit that. Dr. Ali Kassid Shapta, and she's going to talk to us about child development and, and what that looked like in the show House of the Dragon. So we don't have too long with Ali today. So Ali, uh, thanks for joining us and, uh, and tell, us, uh, tell us your thoughts. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I mean, I love having conversations with you about the show specifically because there's so many topics that we could cover regarding mental health and being a pediatric clinician and really working with kids, I, I do think an interesting topic that isn't of much conversation is childhood development within this world and different components that are relatable to our own world. Um, I, I think you know a lot of the characters are quite young in age, especially in the books. Um, making very adult decisions 
uh, with very adult and sometimes dire consequences. I mean, one that comes to mind, I liked the whole show, but I especially liked the last episode of season one, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and spoilers coming ahead, but, but looking at the fight between Eamon and, and Lucerys, did Mm -hmm. I butcher that name? Yeah, Lucerys, something like that. Okay, yeah. And Lucerys looks quite young. Um, mm-hmm. And he is treated young by his mother, right? He he states to her before she asks him to do a quite adult job to go to another royal for um, to ask for, you know, loyalty. Um, during this conflict that's happening. And he seems ambivalent about uh, about making that decision. Um, he flies over to for the approval of his mother, it seems, in part. And he gets there and his cousin, or happens to be there. Um, his cousin slash brother? Uh, maybe, I'd, I'd have to look closely, but their relationships are very blurry. Relatives? You mm-hmm. know. They're in the family. They don't seem to be warm and fuzzy towards each other. They got a history related to eyes. And I think cousins <laughs> nephew. Sorry, I had to jump in again. There you go. Nephew. You got it. <laughs> and I mean, I think one of the biggest interesting pieces for me is how do these boys uh, resolve their conflict together? Lucerys was famous for being responsible for Eamon losing his eye. Um, there was a fight and Eamon held on to that grudge and, um, you know, it, he wanted revenge and Eamon also looks like his frontal lobes weren't fully developed. He looks older than Lucerys, but he, he doesn't look like he could be older than, you know, his teens, maybe early twenties. Um, and watching their problem solving, you know, they decide to get into a dragon fight and, I, I do think the death of Lucerys was in part product of poor impulsive problem solving. I'm not sure Eamon really wanted his half nephew, is that mm-hmm. who we decided he is, to be dead. I mean, yeah. I think he wanted his eye, which is a different issue, but I think he was shocked that his his nephew died at the end of this. Right. Right. And it's it's very interesting because Amond was he seemed genuinely shocked and he was trying to communicate to his dragon, like, no, stop, follow me, don't don't, you know, do what you want to do and attack, you know, listen to me. And uh, the dragon did not listen. The dragon had a mind of its own and gobbled up poor little uh, you know, twelve uh, year old Lucera's. And um and it's interesting to think like how could Amond not think that was going to happen? Uh, but you've brought up the fact that his, uh, you know, frontal lobes or prefrontal lobes were not not fully developed yet. He's not, you know, thinking with an, a mature brain. Um, what do you think you would tell someone, you know, a client of yours who was, you know, maybe trying to engage in some really risky behavior or said like, I want to you know, do X, Y, and Z, which could definitely kill someone, but you can kind of see that they don't actually necessarily have that intention. Like what, what kind of um, uh, thoughts would run through your mind? Yeah. Well, first of all, with our kids today, though, they don't fly on dragons. They do have a lot of access to 
different kinds of freedoms that other generations weren't allowed or allocated when they're little. So like social media, kids younger and younger are able to have access to social media apps. Um, and they're making decisions that have real adult consequences to them. And when I say brains aren't fully developed, we know from neuroscience that around the age of 25, the part of the, the brain um, that's responsible for critical thinking and decision-making that take multiple steps really fully forms by the age of 25. It's probably why car rental companies were like, oh, you can rent a car when you're 25 or older. And like, that's why, <laughs> you know, impulse control um, significantly, uh, the ability to control impulses increases by that age, which is wonderful. So when I'm talking to kids or a client who's younger, maybe in their preteens or adolescents, even early 20s, it's all about really breaking it down of what are the feelings that are coming up to you, acknowledging and identifying them, really validating them, seeing where those feelings come from, and then playing the tape forward here. You know, if it's in the world of the dragons, like, okay, walk me through this thought process. You see your nephew, half nephew there, you're very mad at him, identified feeling because of what happened with the eye incident, identify antecedent for feelings. And you're feeling that anger, you want to attack him with a dragon. What are the possible outcomes? What's the best possible outcome? Okay, what's the worst possible outcome? Right. So they are aware more of what are the possibilities here and what are the consequences and are you ready for the consequences? You know, a really big area of psychological behavioral research is in the area of motivational interviewing. And the whole idea of it is non-judgmentally asking people, uh, repeating, reflecting back to them, what are they thinking? What are they sharing? So they can understand what are their actual motivations for their behaviors. And then they can make a more informed choice of like, yes, I want to go this way or no, actually. Because if I, you know, attack my half nephew with my dragon, my dragon might make a decision that's different than mine that might end in his death. And that's not worth it to me. Right. But everything in the world of dragons moves so quickly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With so much consequence, yes, yeah, yeah. Those are those are great points because you can see that um, Amon's not thinking those things. He's thinking payback. He's thinking, yes, I'll show him. He's thinking like everybody in this court at yeah, the the Baratheons, um, uh, whatever it is, that Storms End. I can't remember where they where they live, but everybody in that court in their castle is looking, and they see how awesome i am and um and maybe um you know when they're flying in the when uh Aemid was chasing luceras with the dragon maybe he had that um imaginary audience and he thought yeah people see how cool i am i'm so freaking awesome i'm gonna show my punk uncle cousin you know he's not gonna mess with me anymore and then oh, accidents happened and dragons do what dragons do. And Lucera's got gobbled up uh, by um, the oldest and largest known dragon. So it should have been crystal clear that when you have sort of a, a nuclear weapon, when you have a, a weapon of mass destruction, like the largest and most powerful dragon in the world, that dragon's probably going to gobble up the person that you're chasing. Uh, but he just... 
he wasn't thinking uh, with a mature brain and he wasn't kind of taking the steps to do what you said and think, what happens when, when I chase someone with this big dragon? I think a great example to compare it to is, you know, in that same episode, um, Rhaenerys becomes king, essentially, and she has big feelings about everything politically that's going on. She's not that old, but she's in adulthood. She's had a few kids. She's lived her life. And she was able to recognize her feelings and understanding that her responsibilities to her kingdom aren't just based off of feelings. Right. Um, and felt a responsibility that was guiding her. They were value-driven decisions instead of feeling-driven decisions. Now, I think that changes next season right. uh, for good reason. Um but again, in adulthood, yes, we absolutely make impulsive decisions and we absolutely can. It's just much more difficult for children to take a breath and realize, oh, let me make some space between my reactionary feeling and the decision. Um, it's easier in adulthood because we've had some learning happening and over right. years. Right. Yeah. And then hopefully, um, you know, hopefully most children will have the opportunity to make mistakes, skin their knee, get back up, yes. crash their bicycle, get back up. Maybe their their bicycle is out of commission and they have to wait to get a new one. And that's the consequence that they face. And then in the, the world of uh, House of Dragons or Game of Thrones, the consequences are much, much more severe. Um, yes. It could be you're gobbled up by a dragon or it could be um you know you make the wrong person angry and they stab you with a spear or you know <laughs> it's life or death there yeah <laughs> yeah exactly Mis small mistakes can have um, very very uh severe consequences and in, in a lot of ways it's very similar to just real life, maybe a hundred years ago, yes. not that long ago, a small mistake could lead to something very serious. Absolutely. I mean, there, it also speaks to privilege in the United yeah. States, being a child growing up, there's a lot of different safety nets and systems in place to help protect our kids from those more impulsive decision-making. That's right. not the same in other countries, depending where you're growing up and the poverty level, access to adult supervision, safe supervision, things like that. It like, those challenges also exist in pockets of the United States, uh, but not as prevalent. Um, yeah. Right. Absolutely. All right. And then today needs to be a short sure. episode, uh, but thank you for, for joining us and uh, uh, look forward to, to having you back sometime soon. Thanks for having me. This has been Movie House Sports Psychology. Find me on Instagram or Twitter using my handle, at CBT Sports Psych and tell me what you think. Thanks for listening.